We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. We're slowly learning that fact. And we're very, very pissed off. Um, I know I sound a little strange. I mean, stranger than usual. Um, I recently got over a cold. And, um, I, you know, because of the new addition to our house, uh, the ability to podcast uh, comes around very infrequently. And I thought, well, you know, I don't sound sick. I sound sort of, you know more late-night radio DJ voice. And, and trust me, I'm going to cut out all the sick noises because, God, there's nothing. And let's kick the microphone stand some more. That'll be fun. There's nothing I hate more than those um, uh, cold and flu commercials where the person, and they're just acting, but there's something about the sound of congestion that just makes me want to just crawl out of my skin. It's so gross. So, fear not. You're not going to get any of those. It just means a little extra editing on my part. Oh, so uh, the music this time around uh, comes largely from uh, the video game Rocksmith. Um, I know I have featured them before, um, but... Somebody was bemoaning the other day, oh, rock is dead, and there's no good rock and roll musicians anymore, and all this stuff, and there's a ton of good, I mean, everybody's like, well, where do I find, you know, music I've never heard before? Well, Rocksmith is where I've been finding it, and I'm really, really digging it. So, um, this is The Shins, and unfortunately for The Shins, they were featured in that Zach Braff movie, Garden State, and that was when like they were just starting out. And I'm sure Zach Braff had the best of intentions, but he... I mean, the movie's okay. It's fine. Zach Braff has gotten a lot of crap lately for uh, crowdfunding a movie because um, he wanted to make the movie a very specific way, and he couldn't find a studio that would let him do it, and people are all bent out of shape because... He asked people for money. Anyway, in the movie Garden State, he says to Queen Amidala, um, you know, you listen to the shins, they'll change your life. Which is so fucking stupid because, I mean, I can't imagine a band that's going to change your life. Like, we were in, I think I've told you this story before, but we were in uh, France And this woman who was um, um, uh, an expat, which is a dumb way of saying an American, who decided to uh, move to France and open her own B&B, who clearly had a lot of money, because she still owned her place in Boston. Anyway, she uh, brought us a press pot, which is um, essentially, for those of you who haven't had it, it's like a glass... A coffee container. Um, oh, wait a minute. The shins are almost over. You should hear just a little bit of it. I like this song because it's got one of the, it's got those parts where it goes ba na na na, whack, 
Point. And uh, I like I like songs that do that. And and because this is in Rocksmith, it's a lot of fun to do that point yourself, even though that's not part of the instruction. Anyway, so this woman in Boston, she brings this press pot to our table. She's like, "This is gonna change your life." And I'm like. She didn't, by the way, Kathleen Turner was not the woman who was running the bed and breakfast. Don't worry. Um, I would have Mrs. Robinson the shit out of that. No, I would not if she's gross. Uh, oh, sorry, Kathleen. But you are a pretentious fuck. So I don't feel bad about talking shit about the fact that you are no longer the woman from Body Heat. Anyway, a movie I've never seen. So Miriam had been working at Pete's for like six months or something at that point. So we were quite well versed in the press pot. And so when she comes by on our table and she sets this down, she's like, this will change your life. Of course, she's an American, she's a Bostonian. Uh, what is that? Hey, have a yard. Hey, this will change, era, this will change your life. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is Muse. Uh, I have no idea what song this is. I don't even think this is in Rocksmith, but Rocksmith features a lot of Muse. So she says this will change our lives, and we're just staring at it like, what, is it the coffee? Is it the, is it the, what is this? Can't be the press pot. That can't be it. Because we all know what a press pot is. And, and to be fair to this woman, she was not in Paris. She was in, I can't even remember what city that is, but it was a littler town kind of, you know, on the countryside. So, yeah, you know, maybe press pots wasn't a big thing there. But it seems like if you had gone to Paris, you might have figured out about a press pot and just be like, oh, shoot, I live in the sticks. Oh. Anyway, so um, let's get into my notes. Um, these are... Uh, all right, let's start with the first one, because this is something that I heard on Sclarborough Country... Sclarborough County, sorry. Um, I don't know, six months, maybe even a year ago to this point, and I've always wanted to talk about it, and I keep forgetting. So here it is. So I'm reading this off of uh, Huffington Post. The ex-wife of... Pulitzer Prize author Cormac McCarthy, and her name is Jenny McCarthy, so that's why they have to put that preamble before they even tell you what her name is. Her name is actually Jennifer McCarthy, but they didn't want to have to be like, no, 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 not that Jennifer McCarthy. So this Jennifer McCarthy was um, arrested Saturday after allegedly whipping a gun out of her vagina and threatening her boyfriend. Jennifer McCarthy, 48, this is my favorite part. Now you would think, gun vagina, that's the best part. Not, uh, I'm, I'm sure, I mean look, top five for me, don't get me wrong. Don't you hate it when people do that when then they're like, um, well I think the Rolling Stones are the best band of all time. And then somebody else says, nah, you know, I, I kind of like the Beatles better. They're not saying the Rolling Stones aren't great. They aren't, they aren't even saying Rolling Stones are a close second, right? 
but that's the interpretation. Oh, this is Gold Hotel. This is also from Rocksmith. It's really good. Anyway, yeah, so look, gun vagina, don't get me wrong, I'm gonna go with, that's in, in the top two of things I love about this story. That and the fact that she's named Jennifer, Jennifer McCarthy makes it hilarious too. Because that's, of course, that's all you can see, visualize. That's all you want to visualize. You want hot, crazy, Jenny singled out McCarthy, Mrs. Donnie Wahlberg, you want her to be the Jennifer McCarthy in this story. Of course you do. We all do. With her big fake titties and a gun in her vagina. And you're like, right on. So this, this kind of bums you out a little bit. Because it says Jennifer McCarthy, 48. Okay, now I don't want to think about Jenny McCarthy being 48. I want to remember her like she was in Playboy the first time got into an argument with her 53-year-old lover about space aliens. Now, this is my favorite part of the story, and this is what I think they really missed on Scarborough County, is argument about space aliens. Now, I understand. You get gun vagina off the top, and that's gonna blow your dick off, right? Uh, so... To have that argument about space aliens. What I think is interesting about this is, and the article does not elaborate about what the argument is, but to me it sort of sounds like, well, they didn't argue about if aliens exist. I am guessing that this crazy couple thoroughly believes aliens exist they have no that is not part of the discussion it has to be oh wait let's have a little more of the song because it's almost over anyway i'm sure they are arguing about i don't know like how they abduct you why they abduct you what they put in your butt like it might even be an entire discussion of friend or foe. Oh no, honey, I think they all look like E.T. They're just here to make friends, y'all. Okay, I don't know why she's Miley Cyrus now, but who cares? No, you don't know. They're all here to, like, hunt us and eat us and stick things in our butts. I thought you liked it when I stuck things in your butts, honey child. All right, now she's a 80-year-old black woman. Great. Um... Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, you, when you stick stuff in my butt, but, you know, I don't want some random alien just being like, because I'm not gay or nothing, you know, it's like, uh, I just want you in my butt, honey, because I love you. Do you? Do you really love me? What does this gun tell you? It tells me you're fucking crazy, bitch. Here's a little more muse for you. Um, so, and then it goes on and it says, um, wait a minute, what is this? I've never read this part before. Uh, they're talking about how she comes out of the bedroom in her negligee 
and it says, the outfit was accessorized by a silver handgun placed in her vagina with which she began to have intercourse. I-N-N-E-R. And of course, HuffPost, you know, puts the S-I-C next to it to say like, no, 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 this is how it was written in the report. Intercourse, nice. And then, uh, this is the other great part of the, the story. While cleaning the chamber, McCarthy reportedly posed the question, who's, who's crazy, you or me? How about D, all of the above? You, him, the handgun. But, you know, th- this is a good question. Who's crazier, him or her? Like. Her for putting a gun in her vagina or him, because you know this isn't the first time this shit's gotten out of hand, you know? Uh, you know that she's doing crazy crap all the time. Um, so, is he the crazier one because he sticks around with her? But who knows, he's probably doing dumb stuff himself. Anyway, I just thought that was a fun, crazy story that, uh, you know, feel free, Google Jennifer McCarthy gun vagina and you can read the whole story yourself. Who knows? Maybe there's even um, more stuff that I forgot. Um, So uh, here's just some random thoughts that I've been jotting down. Um, So... Um, I can't remember where I was. I must have been at work wandering around, you know, on on one of the streets to get food. And I see this woman in a Planned Parenthood shirt. And I don't think she's canvassing. I think she was just on her way to work or whatever. And she was kind of attractive. But it's interesting. Like, when you see an attractive woman in a Planned Parenthood shirt, you're like, oh, yeah. She's down for some fucking... And if she gets pregnant, she is going to abort that bitch. No problem. Woo! All right. My lucky day. Um, as if she would have anything to do with your dumbass. Uh, oh, so uh, the San Francisco Giants recently. Oh, my God. This is how old this, this thought is. Recently won the World Series. So whenever anybody wins the World Series or any major sporting event, there's always those unlicensed knockoff shirts. But what's interesting is I noticed a lot of people were using the same unlicensed design. So it's not like anybody's grabbing a shirt being like, oh, we need to replicate this so we can have our own knockoff. I mean, I doubt that's what's happening. Probably more likely, there's just a dude somewhere who's like, hey, I'm gonna make knockoff shirts. And then there's another dude who's like, you know, I think I could uh, wrestle up some carnival workers, uh, homeless people, meth heads, and um, generally unemployed people to sell those on the street in a real shady fashion. Um, okay, great. Let's let's team up. Because I, I mean, it's not like this is an industry that's just around all the time. You know, it's not like they're winning the World Series every year, and it's just like, 
Okay, let's get our seasonal employees together. Let's get those guys who are done picking grapes in Napa and we'll have them just come right down here and sell some shirts. No, they're, you know, randos. And it's just like, oh, hey, guess what? We have two weeks of work of you selling shirts. Can you count up to five? Because I think that's how much they were, like $5, $10, something dumb like that. Uh, no, 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 the hat guy is $5. I don't know what the shirts were going for. Great! Can you make change for a 20? Awesome. Come on down. We've got a job for you. So, um, you know, I've been having, like last episode, I think uh, I had uh, all that talk about uh, dealing with that weed place. um, And I just totally decided... Never going there again. I found another place. I, I I had a free weekend or a little bit of a free weekend a couple weeks ago. And I was like, okay, I need to get some stuff. Oh, I remember what it was. It was right before Ayla showed up. Oh, God. And it was more. No, 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 no. She was here. Um, and I had a free weekend. And I was like, well, how often am I going to get one of these? So I went down and I got some. Um, but I was like at the gym at the time and I was just like oh crap and I couldn't find the website I had used previously thank god the address was still in my GPS so I just scrolled through my GPS until I found a San Jose address I didn't recognize punched that up oh here's a a little black keys I know I've uh, featured them on the show before but it's such a great song I thought why not Anyway, um, so I get there to the new place that I wanted to go to to shut up those other idiots, and it's closed down. And they're just like, it's just, it's just a handwritten note on a piece of paper. It says closed down. So obviously they didn't do, they didn't follow the rules quite right. So it's like, all right. So then I drive, thank God all these places are within like a four block radius of each other. So I'm like, all right. So I drive down to the old place that I swore I would never go to again. And I had a totally different experience. It was great. Um, You know, uh, abandoned as usual. Uh, But there was kind of a hot chick who was working behind the counter. She was a little older. Had, you know, a nice push-up bra going on. I was, you know, she was super laid back and mellowed. She was like, yeah, what do you want? And I was like, I want this and this. And... And there wasn't any of this, like, you know, berating, inquisition. But I also didn't press the matter either. I was just like, you know what? I'm tired of just trying to figure this out. And I just want to go home. So, what do you... Yes, I know what I want. Just that and that. We're done. So, um... So now that we have this little person living with us, um, uh, Miriam was like, oh, you know, we should get, uh some No More Tears shampoo. And I was like, you know what? Guess what? It didn't work. And she's like, well, but, you know. And I'm like, no, it sucks. It sucks getting that in your eye. It sucks getting the other stuff in your eye. It just sucks. That stuff is fucking terrible, and it does nothing. So it doesn't matter. And I don't know why I'm so mad about this, but I just feel like lies. These are lies that have been told to us. How dare you? 
So, um, you know, I did rant about the ending to How I Met Your Mother whenever that happened. And um, I was going through podcasts. I went through a phase where I wanted to listen to Blaine Kapach. Um, and so I was Googling him. And somehow I saw that they had a How I Met Your Mother podcast. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Get some, you know, I love all that behind the scenes, director's commentary stuff. And I saw that and I was like, oh, look, here's one where they discuss the finale. And I was like, that kind of sounds cool. So, uh, as we know. Ooh. Here's a little woman by Wolf Mother. I always have this fantasy of of playing this song as a one-man band. Because I can play the guitar part and I can sing it. And the drums are just kunk-a-chunk, kunk-a-chunk. And yeah, I could play those with my feet. And then if I had like a like a stick on my head that I could hit the cymbal with, that'd be awesome. Um, anyway, who knows? Maybe in my retirement, I'll finally get that done. Anyway, so we were talking about Josh Radner. Um, so here is, I'm going to interrupt woman for a second to insert Josh Radner talking about how fucked up it was that they killed the mother. Uh, So, um, and he talks about a scene that was cut out, uh, and who knows, for time or whatever. So, here it is. So, they cut a scene between me and Kobe that for me, when I read the script, was the scene that made me well up, and I thought it was the centerpiece of it. I thought it made the end make sense. I talked to Carter and Craig about it. They offered a really strong defense of why they cut it. I don't know if it's going to be on the DVD extras. It might be. Um, and it's not there. So I can understand that um, it felt a little weird, like, oh, uh, the mother's dead, and now his kids are urging him to go after Aunt Robin, which th- she just, uh, according to the audience, she died two minutes earlier. Right. But the, the kids, she died six years ago. And they had had plenty of time to process that. And Robin had ostensibly been coming around for dinners and, you know, all that stuff. So I think that what people were feeling was that maybe it felt a little rushed. Okay, so I I know this is going to sound stupid and hacky and lame, but I I don't know. I I think I woke up the other day and I was like, stays crunchy even in milk. Even in milk. Like, you don't need the even in that sentence. I mean, this is a, this is a marketing tagline for cereal that uh, somebody used in the 80s. You know, this is not something that, that's still going on. But stays crunchy even in milk. I was like, what does that mean? Like, like as opposed to what? Turpentine? Just sitting on the shelf in the box? Well, of course it's going to be crunchy in the box. And then I think, you know, somebody got the bright idea to stop saying this. Probably like the FDA or the EPA or whoever got involved and was like, well, now we have to determine what crunchy means. And then they've got like these giant metal teeth crashing together with cereal in there and, and a microphone. Well, it only registered at 10 decibels on the crunchometer. And well, 
You know, uh, that technically, uh, our standard is 12 decibels, and so we, we can't really say it's crunchy at all, and, and how they are getting away with, um, what is this, 10 essential vitamins or, or part of a nutritious breakfast when there's, like, 18 other things on the table. And it's like, yeah, right, and, and they should have, like, a thimble full of the cereal. Anyway, stays crunchy even in milk. Oh, here's a little Limbo Maniacs. Okay, now, I know, I know the last two songs aren't new music. And I know that, you know, everybody's like, Rock is dead. And I'm like, yeah, well, maybe it's not doing as well as I originally theorized. Because, you know, these are all, or these last two songs are pretty old. So, um, yeah, maybe Rock is uh, having some problems. I got some on my finger and I want it on the wall. So, uh, a few months ago, uh, we went to see Pumplemousse at uh, the Fillmore. And the progression of Pumplemousse is really amazing. Like, you know, they started out at Brainwash, this laundromat slash coffee bar slash performance space. And that was, I don't know, six years ago. I think it was probably 2009. Uh, so that'd be five years ago. Uh, maybe it was before that. Anyway, but every club they play is bigger than the last. And they probably aren't going to get bigger than the Fillmore. But, you know, it's, it's a good place to cap out if you do. What's really interesting about Pomplamoose, though, is they don't really do new songs anymore. I mean, they do occasionally, but mostly it's just covers of other people. And then they do like kind of a weird, you know, take on it. And they add a lot of like digital uh, beeps and boops and stuff. And it's not as good as their originals. Their originals are much, much better. And yet they are selling out the, well, they're not selling out the Fillmore, but they came damn close. That place was packed. My point is, is that I always find it interesting when bands' momentum overtakes their quality. And so, you know, I went to see the show. The show was great. They're wonderful live. But the new music isn't that good. And you're kind of like, well, how is it that there are more people here now and you're doing shittier music. It doesn't make any sense. I remember the same thing with Melissa Etheridge, you know. She did those first two albums, and they were great. And then I can't remember if the fall-off happened at the third or fourth album. But then it was just kind of like, yeah. All right. And then, and, and then, of course, there are tons and tons of people. And you're like, I don't, I don't get this. But... You know, hey, there's still, there's always the older songs to fall back on. And they're going to play them. They're going to play the older songs. It's not that they're just doing new stuff. So, in that case, Pomplamoose, great band to see live. Mm. So, I was recently at this place called Surf Spot. And it's this restaurant in Pacifica... Um, it's nice. It's nothing special. I guess if you're in Pacifica, there's probably not a lot of restaurant options. So there you go. But I get there and I look at their menu 
And I'm, you know, I pick out, they didn't have, okay, let's back up. We were bringing Ayla and Miriam and me, and we were meeting other friends, and I did not want to go. Because I, I despise the idea of eating in a restaurant with kids. That, I mean, if you, that to me is the ultimate nightmare scenario of, oh, uh, you know, try to keep the kids' attention. And don't, no, no, don't get out of your chair. No, 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 don't run around. No, 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 stop crying, stop crying, please. Oh, God. You know, it's just like, oh, my God, I don't want to do this. Oh, Dorothy's melting. This is a, a band I worked with. Um, boy, that is really old. Jeez, that's got to be uh, 96. Yeah. So already I am dreading this entire experience. I don't want to do it. So then we get there and I look at the menu. I can't remember what I wanted. Um, I think I just wanted a burger or something, but they didn't have that. And so now I'm even more annoyed. And so I get a beer and I'm, you know, Miriam and I are trying to figure out what we want and all this stuff. And I get up to the counter and they're like, well, you're not seated inside or at one of the prescribed areas outside. You're just in, like, the picnic area. So you can only order from the Small Bites menu. And the reason for that that I found out later is because the, the kitchen just isn't big enough. They made, they made a mistake when they built this place. Kitchen just isn't big enough. So I start getting really mad because now I'm limited to the appetizers, the small plates, they call them. They don't call them appetizers. And I go to, I finally call them, I get, I get the manager over because I'm so mad. And I explain to her, like, look, we're new parents, I'm, my brain's a little fried, I'm sorry, but this blows, this is insane. Um, and she was like, well, you know, we can do this, we can do that. But really, you know, get something like the calamari. I mean, it's good and it's a lot of food. And I was like, wait a minute. That's not on the small bites part of the menu. She's like, sure it is. And she points to the menu. And the top part says lunch menu. And then there's a column, there's three columns. And the column on the left says small plates. And it has like three things under it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. See, small plates, three things. Here, this column. She's like, oh, no, 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 this whole top section is small plates. And I'm like, what? What? See, and, and my point, the reason I bring up this story is if you don't think, like, fonts and layout and user experience and how people use your menu or application or app for your phone or anything, you don't think that matters it, it literally was the difference between me getting... Like, if, if the menu had just been laid out better, none of this would have happened, right? I wouldn't have been mad. I wouldn't have had to call the manager over. She could have spent her time doing other things. And I was so mad. And none of it would have happened. And so, you know, I guess my point is, is ask some people. 
Does this make sense to you? Is this clear? This is why we focus group. Now I understand it doesn't always work like when you have a movie or something and then the focus group is like, no, I don't like it because the girl has a pink shirt on. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you know how it works for you and how your brain works, how it makes sense to you. But that's not how it works for everybody. So find some other people. Ask around. Smart people, not just some dummies. Oh, and let's just finish up with this. So... The other day, I was on BART, and uh, I was going to work, and I saw a coworker that was on BART, and I was like, you know, she's going to want to talk to me if she sees me. I talked to her once, like six months ago. Uh, she's not somebody I'm working currently with. You know, I really want to play Pac-Man that I've got on my laptop, and... Uh, and I don't want to talk to her. So I pretended to look at my iPod. She was reading a book. I just kept my head down and walked. So then she gets off the stop ahead of me. Great. Don't have to talk to her. I get off. I, I walk the, you know, two blocks out of the four to get to work. And I get at the corner. Light turns red. Coworker. Current coworker comes up next to me. Here's the Bobs doing Johnny Cash's Ring of Fire. Uh. And she looks at me and says, another day, another dollar, right? And I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, right. And then the light changes and we start walking across the street and she is hauling ass. She is walking super fast. So I'm like, oh, okay, maybe she just walks fast. Maybe I can keep up with her so I'm not like, just like, nah, see you later. You know, I didn't want to blow her off. You know, we'd already talked. Does not hurt that she is the hottest girl in the office. Um, and I just, she's walking so fast, I can't keep up. So I'm just like, oh, all right. I'll just let you go. And then um, these guys are backing up a drywall truck to get in the service section of the building, two buildings over from us, rather than be stopped at that truck. Because there's a dude who works there who is trying to, you know, keep people back so this truck can back up into, you know, the service entrance. Rather than talk to me for an extra 30 seconds, she sprints behind the truck in her boots. It's not even like she was wearing sneakers just to get away from me. So I'm like, okay. And then I waited the 30 seconds. Truck goes by. I get in the building. I go upstairs. Now... I walked past her desk to get to the kitchen, and I was studying her. I was like, was there a reason you had to get here at 8.44 as opposed to 8.46 like I did? 
Is there a reason for that? Do you have a meeting that's starting at, I don't know, 8.50? No. And she didn't. And the point is, is we both did the same thing, right? Like I did the same thing to Suzette that she did to me. And what's interesting is the age spread between us is probably the same. Suzette is as old from me as current office worker is younger than me. And one of the reasons why I, um, I don't know, I, I, I would love to say like, oh, the reason I quit my job uh, is because I w- wanted to find people that I could talk to. But the real reason is I just hate making fucking ads, man. I just hate it. I hate it with a fiery goddamn passion. So I haven't gotten the offer letter yet on the new job, but um, maybe that will hopefully be either Monday or Tuesday, and then I can officially quit. And maybe there'll be somebody at the new job that I can bond with and hang out with after work. Uh, Because what I learned about in therapy uh, last week was that I'm a real social person and I want to work with people that I really, really like and would hang out with outside of work. And I used to always shit on that Gallup poll where they ask you, like, do you have a best friend at work? Well, now I'm sort of realizing that that's more important than I had originally thought. And um, we had our Thanksgiving of Friends dinner last night and um it was great i i was uh, i had a lot to drink and i told them all that uh sometimes i am an acquired taste and everybody here i just want to thank you for being here because you like my taste and and it's nice to be with with people who do and not people who are going to run away from you like you're the goddamn plague. And then um, I screamed at them about why I started the Thankful Project and how everybody should start their own Thankful Project. Um, and that was really great, too, because I just, like, all those times I did that same screamy thing in my head in the shower. I got to do it live in front of people, and it was it was a real hoot. So... From me, from the music of Bright Brown. I don't know how often I'm going to get to do this, but I swear we're going to do this one more time. Till then!